All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Okay, welcome to uh, September 26th. Okay, so how about this? Got about another one more business week, and then it's the fourth quarter. So you know what I always say this time of year, and that's why I'm going to California this week, Arizona the next week, talking about business planning and so forth. It's time to do your next year business plan. Do it now. All right, so today we're very lucky from Prosperity Mortgage, we have Mr. Thomas Miller. Thomas, if you could please hit star six on your phone to unmute yourself, and then we can hear you. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Do you go by Thomas or Tom? Thomas. You do by Okay, good. Good. I'm glad they, when they have it typed right in there. So, Thomas, tell us a little about yourself, what market you're in, maybe how long you've been doing this crazy thing called real estate. Please. <laughs> Sure. Uh, my name is Thomas Miller. I'm actually from Southern California. I cover the entire Temecula Valley. Uh, very fortunate for myself, which includes Lake ah. Elsinore, Marietta, Temecula, and Menifee. So I've got four offices that I cover. Um, great place to be. I'll be there I Wednesday. A, I, that's correct. That's correct. I'm actually looking forward to seeing you in Temecula. Um, I All am right. actually a transplant from San Bernardino. I have been in real estate since 2010. I was a lender for Wells Fargo for many, many years and then decided to abandon ship when the market shifted last year, um, was contacted by Prosperity, loved the business plan that they had, um, loved the model that mm. they have and everything that they were looking to achieve uh, with their launch out here in the Temecula Valley. So I was fortunate enough to be able to land a position here. Like I said, cover these four locations. I work with about 150 to 200 amazing agents. Um, also a father, married and father. I have two daughters. One is 14. She's a cheerleader at the local high school. Another one is just about to turn five here. Uh, my wife works in the medical field. Like I said, we're somewhat new to Temecula Valley. We've been here for about a year and a half. Uh, absolutely love it out here. And just excited to be a part it's of beautiful. Prosperity and, like I said, what they have going on. Awesome. Well, that was a great introduction, too. I, I love that you introduced your kids, too. That's great. And, uh, you know, that's, that's such a great area over there with our lovely managers. I'll be at Shannon's office, but... You know, you have uh, Carol over there. You have our new guy. You have um, Joe. So it's a great area. It's a really great area. Uh, and, I, you know, and like you said, it's a, it's a beautiful place to live, too. I, I, every time I'm there, I'm like, it's just, you know, it's one of those nice areas. It's in great shape. Um, you know, traffic's not too bad there. <laughs> so Yeah, it's, all right, it's cool. definitely growing. We're experiencing a lot of growth out here, a lot of building out here. So there's a lot of opportunity for real estate out here. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's a great area. Um, you know, the thing is, is uh, also what you've mentioned about prosperity. I, I, I also, look, at, we were bought uh, as a company, the Mark Stark companies were bought by corporate a little over a year ago, year, year and three months ago, year and four months ago, and then prosperity. So we've had a few mortgage companies in and out. I love the fact that um, these are both owned by Uncle Warren. Okay, they're all part of the Berkshire Hathaway Network, which is great which means they're set up for success. And, and when you said their business plan, I'm like, and their model, I agree, especially from you. I mean, coming from Wells Fargo, you know, you guys have such a, um, I mean, I always joke around about the bigger banks. It's so much better for the loan originator when it comes to uh, being a mortgage broker because of the programs and, the, you know, you're dealing one-on-one. -on -one, you go right to the underwriting department where with those big banks, you're just a number. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So tell us a little, so tell us like, okay, so the market, okay, let's just get this out of the way. Hey, Thomas, the rates have gone up. Have, have you heard about this? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. The rates With have gone up. What are they, right? I, 
I always right. tell our agents whenever I'm speaking with them, we don't really sell rate out here. Um, we, we sell a customer experience. So right now, rates are pretty much uniform across the board. No matter where you go, you're going to get the, pretty much the same spiel. Do you want to pay a point? Do you not want to pay a point? Um, obviously, we're going to offer all the same loan options. What I really think where the difference maker is, is like I said, the customer experience that we provide. Um, some of the products we have, like our $10,000 seller guarantee, um, things of that nature, they really just cannot be touched by competitors. So once you have, you know, good loan officers, like I believe we have here, we have a lot of educated loan officers, guys with tons and tons of knowledge, people that have been in the business 20, 30 years. Um, when you add that with a great product selection and people that are really trying to drive a good customer experience, it really dwindles your competition very, very quickly, I think. So we haven't really had much challenge with regards to rate, like I said, because our approach is very different. We don't try to compete mm -hmm. with rate or win the deal with rate. We win it with, like I said, customer experience, options that we're giving our customers, different products and, and opportunities that they may have that are a little bit different <clears throat> versus if they take their business elsewhere. Right. I agree 100%. Yeah. And, uh, and same thing with us. I mean, we're not a discount uh, brokerage, and we, and we do very well, and you guys do very well. So it's, it's a great little um, a relationship, I think. And then with our title companies and escrow and so forth, it works out really well. Um, and I'm seeing it get better and better and better, and it, it, it will continue to get better. But, but the market, I mean, even though the rates have bumped up, I mean, the market's still moving. It's still very healthy right now, right? It is. It is. Um, absolutely. Real estate is one of those things. It never really stops. It experiences its peaks and valleys. But anybody who's been in this business for, you know, more than a couple of years, you already kind of know that going in. And like I said, it's really just your individual approach to the market. Um, do you want to let the market beat you up or are you going to go out and beat up the market? I kind of go for the latter. Um, so mm -hmm. and like I said, it, it really just comes down to kind of your mindset. I, I listen to a lot of the the. Uh, your reels that you send out on Instagram all the time. And it's very, very oh, great, true. It all really comes, it really comes down to your mindset. I mean, if you're have a positive outlook and a can do attitude, it's very, very difficult to fail even in a market such as now. It's a little bit more challenging and you really have to be on your toes. And you, like I said, you have to deliver a, a, a different experience than what it used to be. Um, it used to be more driven around rate and who could get the best deal and so on and so forth. And now rates are pretty much uniform across the board everybody's struggling with the high rate. So now we're able to shift, like I said, a little bit and really dig into the experience that we're giving our borrowers. Um, that being said, you know, even if the market continues to go up, which it very well may, I'm very confident that we'll continue to be successful just because of the way we approach the market each and every day. Yeah. Well, the Fed's hell-bent. They they're behind the eight ball, so they're trying to make up for it by, uh, you know, cr cranking that rate. I mean, you talk about going from one extreme to the other. I mean, you know what? A year ago, you can get 2.9, 3.1 in that range, and today. So, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that we, everybody in this market can't run from. The fact that, you know, the last 15 years we've built as a country now, and, and it's very consistent with our area, California, Arizona, Nevada, where we've only built 25% as many homes as the 15 years prior, right? So we have an inventory. No matter how you slice it, so some people, and that's why I keep telling my agents here, some people may wait on the sidelines, which I don't agree with because why would you, when someone says to me, well, I should have bought two years ago. You're right. You should have bought two years ago, but you didn't. And since we can't fly against the earth's rotation backwards and turn back time, okay, now is the second best time for you to buy. So are you going to continue to penalize yourself by renting? It doesn't even make sense. So, so if I wanted yeah, to get the house I wanted, 
if I wanted to get the house I wanted for like my family and for, you know, for a, a period of time, you know, the rate is, is temporary. Like you guys say, I love it. You know, buy the home, date the rate, which is great. Or marry the home, date marry the rate. The home, date the rate. Great. Yeah, I love that. I love it. That's so awesome. Right. But I mean, so now you have less competition. Hell, you could even get the seller to pay two, three points. And if you're putting over 10% down even more to buying down your rate so you can get a better rate, but still, you know, so actually as a buyer, you're, you have a better deal right now than you did six, nine months ago. You're absolutely right. And with that, we do see home prices decreasing. So with that 20 or $30,000 decrease, it's very easy to step in in that same money that you were apt to spend a month or two ago when home prices were just a tad bit higher. You can put that back into your rate. You can still buy a somewhat competitive rate. Back in 2018, 19, when rates were sitting right around 45 to 4.75, I mean, people were buying homes like it was going out of style even then. One of the things that a lot of people right. I don't think they realize right now is that we've got a lot more inventory right now than where we did two years ago, right. and that was in, right in the middle of COVID. So there is a lot more right. opportunity out there, and with the way things are looking right now, rates continue to go up, so on and so forth. You're absolutely right. Why wouldn't you want to buy right now before the rates end up at eight or nine percent? Right. Yeah, and you know, and and you know, the the thing is, is that um, you know, uh, signing another year lease. You know, you know, renting is 100% interest. You don't get any of that, right? So it's still, it's still, you know, and I know, I know a lot of the younger people hate when I say this, but oh, back in my day, when I got into real estate in 1985, if you could get a 12, 14% fixed, uh, you know, you were, you were static. And then my first house, it was 9.99, one year adjustable, with just three years after up to 2%. So I went from what you call it 10, 10 to 12 to 14 before I refinanced it. But you know, the, the rates came down. You can refinance. And a lot of people don't realize, like, let's say I'm five years into my mortgage and I refinance. I can get a 25-year mortgage. I don't have to get a 30-year mortgage again. I can do 25. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that they can, uh, they can do based on this. Absolutely. Um, with the renting, I always tell people, I tell people this very, very quick story. I bought my first home with a, a gift of $10,000. Yeah. I did an FHA loan, bought it, sat on the house long enough turned around and sold it, walked away with $200,000 equity about six years later, bought my next home, which was almost a half a million dollar home. Now it's sitting at about three quarters of a million. It's an investment. It started out with 10 grand. Um, yeah, I've had some, some ups and downs with taxes going up and having to refinance and rates and so on and so forth. Um, but I was able to be in the position I'm in now, sitting in a $750,000 home off of $10,000 of, of a gift was able to return the gift right. later on down the road. Like I said, walk away with $200,000 from the sale of my first home, put it all down on my next. I have a comfortable payment, nice home. It's a win. And rate really yeah. never factored into any of that because there's a, there's, a, it's a, there's a bigger picture. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's such a great story because, um, you know, people can go FHA. They can go VA. They can go – even some of the conventionals you can put 3% down. So, it's, you, really, if you have good credit – a good job history, just a little bit of money. Uh, there's no reason. I mean, basically, if you're going to rent a place, what they require to get in today, it's very, it's pretty close to uh, what it's required, um, what you can get get away with, basically, with buying a new home, especially if it's your first home. Only thing they don't look at when you rent a home is debt to income. 
but there's still an income right. qualifier. There's still a credit qualifier. So really the only difference, like I said, that and you don't, but I mean, even then you still need somewhat of a down payment. You got to come in usually with first, a deposit, so on and so forth. So I, I use that analogy a lot. It's a very similar. I mean, you have to go through almost the same process. In some cases, if you're looking at a nice, com a nice condominium complex that's recently open, it could take you anywhere between 15 to 30 days to get everything done. Anyways, that's almost like doing a loan. That's right. That's right. Except you're going into a rental as opposed to your own property. And this is just something to be said about owning your own house. It's a whole different feeling. You know, when I started in the business in 1985, one of the things that got me to join was it was called the American dream. I still think it is, <laughs> but you don't hear it. You, you don't hear it uh, talked about like that as much anymore. The American dream, which, you know, home ownership, owning your own piece of real estate, I think is pretty impressive and pretty wonderful. Like you just said, I mean, 10,000 down, for you know half a million now into three quarters of a million you probably have a decent amount of equity in the property and that's all from an initial investment that's the thing about real estate it doesn't appreciate with at the money you put down it appreciates at the total value of the property which is way ahead of uh your money now if it adjusts down like a stock market well sometimes it goes the other way too but anything like the stock market or real estate anything that you hold on to long enough you're going to do well well in that's why you want to make sure you know like i always tell uh, especially the newer agents I coach, you want to live below your means. Live below your means, not at or above, because then when the seas get a little rough, you could have problems. But if you have a little uh, cushion, all right, then you'll, uh, you'll weather any storm. Words to live by in 2022. <laughs> See that? Especially in this world we live in when, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get a credit card offering every day, sometimes three or four of them, or you know, add 20000 on this credit line you already have. And you got to tell people, you know, that's not the best thing to do. Have a decent credit line. I mean, you, you should be more, I mean, I never used to do this, but I do now. I monitor my FICO score. I mean, should, I mean, everybody should be doing that. Absolutely, I do too. As a matter of fact, I told my wife, I, I had put something on a credit card there that I thought my, my, uh, my score went down two points. She's like, oh my God, two points. But it does. And, and a lot of people don't understand exactly how it works. And they're like, Hey, you know, what did I do wrong? I make all my payments on time. What just happened? Well, you know, if you've got a card and you get it close to the max and, um, you know, it, it'll ding you up some yeah. point. So, yeah, def definitely some uh, um, some truth to keeping an eye on your credit score on a day-to-day, -day, especially if you're thinking about going into the housing market. Um, I can't tell you how many times people call me to get pre-qualified and you ask them, well, how's your credit? You know, I don't know. Like, okay, well, going to be an interesting conversation. So, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> well, definitely uh, a necessity nowadays. It says so right in your credit. I mean, all you have to do is on your statement, like your credit cards, it'll, it monitors it for you. Now, I, don't, I know they're not 100% accurate, but at least it gives you a ballpark. Yeah, it gives you an idea. I mean, if you're sitting there, if you pull it up and you're at a 500, it's a good indicator that you're probably going to have a struggle ahead of you. But then again, you open up, you know, even your, your apps like Credit Karma and stuff like that that use the Vantage information. Um, still give you a really good idea of where you are, you know, if you're going to have any issues going forward trying to qualify for something, be it, you know, mortgage loan, auto loan, any type of financing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, cool. All right, so any, like, okay, so, um, you know, every, I think everybody has their own way of doing this. So I'm a buyer, I want to be pre-qualified in today's market. What's the best, what's the best angle for me to go at? Obviously call you, and then what's next? <laughs> 
I always tell people, so my number one goal with the market being as competitive as it is, we take it a step further. We get you right past the pre-qualification, me just collecting your information real quick and running a quick application. I'll have you send me over some documents. That way I can verify everything. Again, making sure that I'm giving you a good experience, protecting you going into your escrow. Um, if I give you a document saying, yeah, you're good to go, and I haven't looked at bank statements, and I haven't looked at paycheck stubs, very, very difficult for me to hand you a document and tell you to go out and you know make an offer on a half a million dollar property. So we prefer to do it a little bit differently, get the application off the ground, obviously. That way we have a reason to request and start collecting documentation and then get that done extremely quick. In fact, right now we're doing pretty good. We're on about a three to five day turnaround, even with an active application. I had an FHA deal that was from submit to appraisal and con conditional approval uh, within four business days. So we're, we're, we're moving along right now. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, um, um, I know that I work with John Ingram. Uh, he's been right here in St. Rose at the headquarters here ever since I've been here. And he, he, he does a fabulous job. And, you know, they take – I've sent my friends to him and so forth too. And I know the last one, I, I refinanced uh, mine, uh, what was it, two years ago now, three years? Whatever, whenever, when the rates were like the lowest, he said – because I told him, call me when you think it's the lowest, and he did. And uh, I, all I had to do, if I remember correctly, was give a bank stub and – Everything else was online. I'm like, how do you do that? Right? So today it's pretty easy to pre-qualify. Correct. With the technology in place that we have now, we're able to pull your verification of employment automatically. In some cases, we're able to get bank statements. Um, you can, when you're doing your electronic application, you can actually give the application authorization to connect to your financial institution. Um, to your employer, so on and so forth, so that we're able to automatically retrieve those documents electronically, which definitely helps speed up the process. Gone are the days of having to go in and sit down with the lender for an hour and, and take a box of documents, so on and so forth. Not to mention, right. even with the, the documentation processes, things kind of shifted from 2008 off of the stated income to us verifying things. It still really simplified itself over the years. We've been able to kind of narrow it down to two bank statements, two paycheck stubs, two W-2s, and 85% of your borrowers are probably good to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's wonderful and scary all at the same time. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Not but, I mean, we're, it safeguards the business, and it prevents us having another yeah. 2008. As we all know, you know, the, the lending world played a very, very large role in what happened in 2008. So with the regulations yeah. that are in place now, um, we know that that's not going to happen again. Yeah. And that was everybody's fault. Realtors, banks, loan originators. I mean, I'm from the Northeast, and I know a couple of banks I dealt with. A few of them are still um, wearing orange. Let's put it that way. So there's a lot of yeah, the, fraud the, and things. Those Bear Stearns guys out there out of the Northeast, they were, uh, they yeah. were in a bad position. <laughs> Designer orange. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, and, and that's the thing about today is what people don't realize is that none of those indicators are there. I know people are talking about a bubble, and I know people are waiting on the sidelines. What I think is going to happen is this is really just a mental – in other words, people are thinking because of everything going on right now, the market's going to tank. So you may see some people build up on the sidelines and let loose as the market, you know, when the rates start coming down again, because they will. It's an election year, okay, so you know they're going to adjust at some point. It's not going to keep going. Um, I, well, I, I don't know that for, for a fact because – you know, the, the Fed's doing, this, and this administration, they're doing some stuff I can't even figure out. I'm like, hmm, I own a calculator. This does not make sense. You know, Houston, we have a problem. But I don't, I don't get it, but who knows? So we don't know what is going to happen. We just know that um, as far as everything but 
the base rate and, and the, you know, the interest rates, um, the market's healthy as hell. So I'm sure we're going to come out of it looking good, but I know there'll be some people on the sidelines waiting to see some adjustments. And I mean, that's just, it's the same thing with the stock market, right? So it's just something you can't uh, run or hide from or nor would you want to, but ultimately still a healthy market. Absolutely. And you're very right. We do hear a lot of people, well, I'm waiting for prices to go down. I'm waiting. There are some people out there that really and truly do believe that 2008 is going to happen all over again, but there's so many they indicators do. to tell us off. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, tell us the opposite. We've got inflated inventory that we didn't have back then. We've got loan regulation in, in place now so that really there's, you know, nobody's holding on to the amount of bad loan and bad debt, which is really the catalyst for why all that happened. Um, the right. banks are so heavily regulated by the Fed now, it, it, it's absolutely right. insane. Uh, going back to the Wells Fargo, I mean, sometimes trying to get deals done, you're better off, you know, pulling your own teeth out on a day-to-day -day basis. So there's so many different <laughs> elements that are not in place, um, and it would yeah. be unfortunate for people to sit out here thinking that things are going to happen and that homes are going to drop back to two or 300000 Unfortunately, that's just not a reality. Um, I think the 10 to 15% marker that we're hearing is probably going to be somewhat accurate. Uh, I agree with you on the rates with the election year and everything. It just kind of fishy, to, to say the least, Rick. Uh, what I'm thinking is probably sometime towards the beginning of the year, if not a little bit sooner, right after the election, they're going to have to slowly start to back the rates off. Uh, they're slowing the market. They really are. So, And I know that there's an end-all, be-all goal of trying to keep us out of recession and trying to reset inflation. But if you listen to the Fed's address last week, they're talking about not doing anything until seeing us back at 2% and a comfortable marker for them, they said, would be 4 Well, we've only moved about a half a percent in the last two and a half to three months, so that could give you an indicator of how long we could be looking at rate, rate hikes. Sooner or later, it'll just end yeah. up stopping the market altogether, and that's not what we want. Right, right. But my only concern with this Fed is that they're hell-bent on they – they they're only focusing on one number, inflation, because that's what the press is making them look bad at and – so um, the only thing they last time we had uh, inflation like this, I remember I was in seventh eighth grade. I remember when Jimmy Carter was president, and uh, they, um, uh, you know, they just kept raising the rates until they paralyzed the economy. The, the economy, but um, th it was a different time then. I, it's going to be really tough for them to continue, but that's the only thing they're focusing on. I think eventually they'll see the light. But you know what they have to what they have to get is that they pumped. You know, in the last two, two and a half, well, at least the last two years, 18 months or two years, over you know, two and a half, two, 2.6, 2.8 trillion dollars. And now they just got another, what, 800 billion. You can't keep putting money into the economy like that and not expect inflation. You know, 20% of the money in circulation, in circulation, like in this country, has been put in in the last two years. People don't realize that. That's, that's huge. You know, that's, that's part of the problem. So it's like, they fuel their own they fuel their own problem and then they you know when you say i don't want a recession but i'm slowing things down that's like i'm not schizophrenic and neither am i i mean it doesn't make sense <laughs> right so um <laughs> no you're absolutely right and you know looking at the 10-year treasury today it continues to climb it's at the 3.78 this morning um so, so you know where it goes nobody knows uh, but i absolutely yeah. agree with you I, they're they're hell-bent and they've only got one thing in front of them and i don't Think they it. see the the ripple effect that it's having as they throw the stone into the water every every couple of months. I totally agree, but that's why that's why they're not running a real business because you make a mistake, you just print more money. That's called government. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, that's okay. all these people that 
we had a lot of people think that the money that was being given out during COVID was free. And I told people, nothing is ever free. You'll always pay for it at some point in your life. Yeah, just like the student debt. And I have two two kids who are ecstatic. And I'm like, I like that you guys got some money. One of them, it made him even. The other one cut down more than half his debt. But I go, you know, you know when you get my age, you're going to go, that was the dumbest thing because, you know, it, it's not that it doesn't, it's, it's going to be paid for just by the taxpayers, not by the individuals, which is kind of kind of weird when you think about it. But hey, whatever. They're running the government. I'm not. We're uh, selling real estate and you're you're getting mortgages with people who want to buy it. So I guess we'll stay in our lane. <laughs> Doesn't mean we'll complain Absolutely. Little, but you know. <laughs> All right. Thomas, any one any final words you want to leave these wonderful people today? No, I really appreciate you having me. Um like I said, don't be afraid of what you're reading in the news or what you hear. Uh, you're more than welcome. I always encourage customers, reach out to me. Let's chit-chat. Let me know what your fears are. Let me see if I can calm you down and, um, you know, to, uh, be able to answer all of your questions. Like I said, so many people are scared what they read on in the newspaper, what they see on the yeah. news, so on and so forth. There's a lot more going on. You really need to peel that onion, and that's why us loan officers are here. Um, anybody who's ever got any questions on the market, where it's going, what can I do, how can I make it better, definitely feel free to leverage me and reach out. I'm always available. I love it. And, and, and to make yourself feel even better, rent a movie called The Big Short. Watch that movie and, and then ask yourself, are we in a situation like that? And you'll go, of course not. Okay, so that, that movie is so accurate, it's scary. The Big Short. Everybody should watch that as a loan originator or as a realtor from uh, 2007 and 8. It's, it's, it's actually even a good movie, too. It has some funny parts, and it's a pretty good movie. Scary. But it's act. But it's. I mean, it's dramatically as act. You know, as, as accurate as Hollywood can be. But it's definitely a good movie to watch. It certainly is. That one. I would. And I'd also suggest that Too Big to Fail is a really good one as well. Yeah, it's a good one too. Yep, you're right. All right, Thomas. All right, everybody. Thomas from Prosperity Mortgage works in the Temecula Valley. Give him a shout. Okay, give him a shout and use him. He's a dynamite. Plus, we both work for two great companies: Prosperity and Berkshire Hathaway. All right, Thomas, thanks for your time today. Everybody, we'll do this again next week. And I'll see you on Wednesday, Thomas. Looking forward to it. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you, Rick. You. you too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.